Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening in the sky above us for the weekend. It is a full moon today, or it was at least this morning at 2.58 my time, 5.58 for those of you on the East Coast. So we are in it, if you will, right this minute so we are going to talk about the full moon today, even though we, you know, have talked about it, uh, well, we talked about it earlier in the month, um, because I think it's interesting to note <laughs> that neither the sun nor the moon are particularly comfortable in the signs that they're in right now. So if you're feeling some discomfort in your life around the energies that you're experiencing right now, there's a reason why, right? There is a reason why. Uh, today, we're also going to talk about um, the energies of the month of October. So October is at least in astrology, or I mean, in uh, human design is a month where we confront our shadows and our shadows come in various shapes and sizes. We might also call them our fears. So, uh, giving you a heads up on what it is that you might be experiencing in that way, as well as the inner planets, all changing signs, uh, with Mercury changing signs twice in the month of October. So that always changes up the dynamic because the inner planets, so Mercury, Venus, and Mars, they change places uh, frequently, more frequently, but they're also personal. So they impact us more personally in our lives. So you'll wanna know about that. And then the very first outer planet that went into retrograde this year was Pluto, and in October, Pluto finishes his retrograde and is preparing it, even at this moment, to move into uh, direct motion, which means he will start moving faster as time goes by. And of course, he's setting up for his rendezvous again with the sign of Aquarius. That won't happen until after the first of the year again. Uh, but We'll want to know how it is that we can prepare for all of this. So it's good to be here this morning. It has been a heck of a week with all kinds of drama going on in my own family. I hope your lives have not been drama filled this week and have been more of the peaceful sort. Uh, good morning to Debbie Tippett's Tumiel. It's good to see you out there. Teddy, hello. And I know Terry's out there too. Uh, Tom, oh my gosh, it's great to see you. Thumbs up indeed. Everybody, please, if you're watching, hit the thumbs up button if you're on YouTube. If you are on Facebook, hit the like. And also feel free to share uh, with your networks, your social media, with your friends, etc. Spread the word. Uh, Debbie also saying, hit the like, the like button. Uh, Asa, good to see you out there this morning. And Joan Durchy, hello to you. And Tom says, oh, there you are, Astro Design family. We've been here. We have been here. Tom, we've missed you, though, right? We've missed your brand of humor and how you support that with all of us. Nico, good morning to you. He says, happy Friday, everyone. I'm so ready to hear what October has to bring. Yay. Drama, Tom says. Don't get me started. Ooh, I know. I know, I know, I know. And Natasha, rainbows and hearts, I love it. Nico says, so much drama. It's definitely happening in my world. I think it's happening, it's happening everywhere. You know, um, 
yesterday was a horrible day for me, at least in the beginning of the day. And I know some of you who were in the astrology basics class yesterday probably had no clue <laughs> that I had been having a horrid morning. And uh, it occurred to me that all of us at this moment have Chiron, the healing, the wounded healer, transiting through Aries. Now, he is not at the same degree of the full moon, to be sure, but he is all sort of mixed up with Eris and with the uh, North Node that is now transiting, but backwards through the sign of Aries. And it's pushing all of us to be more clear about who we are and expressing our truth, right? Ourselves. And that's hard. And that was something, thankfully, Asa was out there yesterday to be able to help support me through this dark night of the soul kind of experience that I was having that all turned out to be about identity. I was having literally an identity crisis. And that is not surprising given the weight of Chiron in the sign of Aries, along with Eris, who is the goddess of discord, right? She brings, she stirs the pot right? She amplifies whatever shadow or ill feeling that you are having. The North Node moving through any sign is going to trigger where you are out of alignment with your true self so that you will move back online on target with your path forward. And of course, in Aries, again, establishing the identity. But what is going to be different for everybody, for each one of you, is about where Aries falls in terms of the houses of the astrology chart. So I'm going to show you a chart here. I'm not going to put the share screen on because I think we can do it this way. So if you have your own astrology chart, and of course, you all should have your own charts with you when you come to the morning show, because we're always talking about what is happening in your own chart. Here is the sign of Aries. It looks like ram's horns, right? So or a, a stylized V. So find this symbol in your chart, and now you will know where it is that there is seemingly some pressure, both with the full moon, with Chiron, with Eris, and the North Node, all transiting through that one house of your chart. And the houses are always about the area of life that this is impacting you in. And in my own personal chart, it was impacting my 10th house of career, opposing my fourth house of family. And of course, that was the dynamic I was experiencing, you know, trouble in family dynamics, family hurting, family wounds against what is it I need to do in the world? How do I work in the world? It was extraordinary once I had that aha moment about what was happening. And all of you can have that same aha moment. So wherever Aries is, that's where the moon is. On the opposite side is where the sun is. And the sun is in Libra, a sign that is in his fall. So a sun in Libra is not operating at his best. It is just not going to happen, right? Because there's too much need for the Libran energy to balance and harmonize and bring beauty and peace um, to not be able to make big decisions because of, you know, I can see so many different facets. Um, and the sun, of course, 
is much more direct. It's fire, right? He wants direct action. And his direct action is sort of faceted with different points of view and opinions and so forth in the sign of Libra. So we have an uncomfortable sun in the full moon series. We have the moon in a sign that brings up a lot of emotion and or the moon in a sign that brings up a lot of emotion and um, conflict and having to confront. And so this full moon window, the whole of the window of this full moon may have been very uncomfortable for you just depends on how it was placed in your own chart. Now, this full moon is also a super moon, super meaning it comes within 90% of the closest approach it ever makes to the earth. That makes it more powerful. That makes the tidal energy more powerful, higher highs, lower lows. And of course you are 70 to 75% water. So the tidal flow moves through you as well. You're just basically a mirror of that tidal flow. So don't be surprised, right? If you're feeling emotional, reactive, uh, maybe you're feeling really good. There's always that possibility too, that you're feeling energized and you're feeling like, you know, things are working out for you. There's always that possibility. (laughs) It's not that everybody's, you know, having a bad moon. bad moon day. Uh, But here's the full moon's energy. The full moon is a time where there is a light that's very bright. If you looked out your windows last night, that moon was big and bright. And it shines a light on the more of the inner parts of yourself, right? The sun is the outer expression of who you are. The moon is the more inner expression. So when we get to a full moon time, we have the opportunity to see more clearly what the blocks are that we are experiencing. And it's also a time then when we can set out to reclaim parts of ourselves that we've lost, or on the other hand, we can let go parts of ourselves or things in our lives or uh, uh, events in our lives that have held us back in some way. So it's really a time to heal the shadow, right? We're dealing with the blocks perhaps, or the shadow energies. And the full moon is at the gate 17 in our human design. So now we're going to look at this from an astro design perspective. We know it is the full moon that is in Aries. The gate in your human design is uh, gate 17, which is on the Ajna, the second center down, right? And it's moving down toward the throat center. So the gate 17 is called the gate of opinions. And what we get here is a shadow that is about logic. And the the deeper shadow here is when we form opinions uh, that are unfounded or unproven, and we share them anyway as if they are fact, right? So we we have a lot of that going on in the world. 17, remember Jupiter was sitting there for a while. It was a crazy ride as we were realizing the, the energy around what is true and what is not true, right? False news versus, or fake news versus real, what's real. And there, everybody had an opinion, but opinions aren't facts right? And we sometimes as human beings take action for ourselves and for others or, uh, you know, act in the world on opinions that are unfounded truths. All right. So the trick here with this full moon is to get clarity, 
right? To use the moon's energy to see things more clearly, to create well-formed opinions that then lead to potential solutions for what you are, what you are struggling with in your life or what uh, it is that your next steps will be. Remember, the full moon is bright and um, in, in the grand scheme of things, uh, it can also represent a new beginning but a new beginning where we're removing the blocks that have stopped us from taking the next steps, right? From moving forward in our lives. Hopefully that makes sense to everyone. Um, and this Aries full moon then also adds that element of the identity crisis and confounded by or compounded by uh, Chiron's presence also in the sign of Aries. And it's about who am I? What do I do? What am I here for? What, why do all these crazy things happen, right? Uh, I have on more than one occasion in the last month said, I am never coming back here, never coming back to earth. Nope, it's too painful. Too many things, too, people die, things don't happen the way you want them to happen. And it creates a whole lot of anxiety in all of us. Even me, I'm not immune. I'm not immune to this stuff. So an identity crisis, so getting in alignment with the truth of who you really are, right? Your truth. And of course, we have to face this with courage, the courage of your convictions, right? To, it takes courage to live your truth because on the other side, remember the sun is in Libra and the sun in Libra is people pleasing, likes to make everybody else happy, likes to do what it thinks will make everybody else happy or what uh, or say things that they think will make other people happy or that other people want to hear. It makes it very difficult to get to the truth if that's the, the case. So when we have an opportunity like the full moon in Aries, take it, <laughs> take it and do the deeper dive into what it is that might be blocking your forward progress. Aries is a sign ruled by Mars. Action, movement, forwardness, right? Moving ahead. So we have that going on. And uh, as well, when we're talking about um, the full moon uh, in Aries or an Aries moon in general, it's a heightened energy, right? It It's like ramping up energy. Um, we, we feel more pushed perhaps to make or take action. Um, but because the sun is in Libra, it's also a time for us to balance and to try to form a harmonious relationship with another or with your within your own self, um, to find the right balance between your own needs and the needs of others, uh, between independence uh, and cooperation on one hand, uh, and on the other hand, self-assertion and compromise. Remember, Aries energy is meant to be about the individual. It is the I am energy, where Libra is the we are energy. Now, today the moon all day is in Aries. Tomorrow we have the moon transitioning out of Aries and into the sign of Taurus. Things get a little calmer as we move into tomorrow. Uh, the moon will be void, of course, tomorrow afternoon for about three and a half hours from 2.50 p.m. West Coast time until 6.19 p.m. And then we'll move into Taurus. So all day Sunday, we have the moon in Taurus. Sunday will be a beautiful, wonderful day. 
just to be more in uh, comfort, to, you know, do things that make you feel good after the anxiety or the rush of the moon in Aries. Now, Saturday also has a lot of energetic um, connections, the moon does anyway, with other planets, uh, an opposition to Mars, and Mars right now at 21 degrees of Libra, uh, kind of close to the south node. Uh, so there might be some action released as, or action that needs to be um, sort of releasing the blocks or releasing the things that no longer matter and being able to do that more smoothly, perhaps because of the nature of Libra and also um, a, a trine to Venus and the moon will be in Aries trining Venus in um, the sign of Leo. Uh, she is coming to the end of her Leo visit, and that's been a while in the making, right? She moved into Leo first, and I think it was early July or late June, so we've been dealing with Venus in Leo for a while. And then a square to Pluto. Um, you know, anytime we're dealing with Pluto, we're dealing with powerful transformational energies anyway. It is likely the dark night of the soul um, energy that can come up especially in relation to the moon, right? Because the moon is so emotional and Pluto is transforming those things that stand in your way. And a lot of those things are very emotional, right? They're emotional things, experiences that we've had, hardships that we've endured. And, you know, they leave a residual emotional sort of trail of, of energy that, you know, gets picked back up for us when certain things happen in our lives or when certain transits occur. So when we have a square from the moon to Pluto, it is a time that can be very challenging, but also a time when we can really see ourselves maybe with more empowering eyes, right? Seeing ourselves in a little bit better light and a sextile to Saturn later uh, in the day that will be helpful in creating focus, focusing on a new direction or, or focusing on what is most important in our lives. All right, I'm going to take a look at some comments out here. Uh, let's see, I have to go back a ways. So I missed some people. Good morning to you, Pam Zaruba. It's good to have you. And Leilani, nice to see you. Tom says, we are all each other's angels. We are our angels in the outfield for each other's. I love that metaphor, Tom. Thank you. Asa, I love you too. You are most amazing. So true, sun god, Tom, she says. Tom says, my dogs and cats ate my chart. Sorry, teach. So if you are in a position like Tom, where your togs or your cats have eaten your chart, all you must do is reach out, email me, Janet at living-astrology.com and say, my dog ate my chart. I need a new one and I will be happy to send one to you. Uh, Natasha, I too have been going through my identity and perceptions of others and how to stay in the knowledge that I have, right, without being hijacked. The hijacking is the hardest part. Almost sounds like it could be a song. Being hijacked by energies outside of yourself that pull you away from your authenticity. Um, I had this kind of conversation yesterday with Asa about how maybe one of the things that I've done to myself, because no one else did it to me, is to have amassed too many things that I can do, which dilutes everything right? It dilutes the most important things when you have so many things that you can do. And that was kind of the struggle I was feeling like, do I need to come back in 
and focus more on just astrology, let's say, or focus more on just human design? Or do I want to toss those two things, which you know I can't do, and focus more on soul work? Or is there a way to bring all those together in some way? It is a struggle, right? Did I get hijacked in some way along along the path of my life thinking that I needed to be more or to do more? Likely that is a part of it, right? That I thought maybe I needed to add something or uh, I don't know, who knows what I was thinking of at the time, but now it is a possibility in your life somewhere that you could have been hijacked by what you felt might've been, I'm not enough, I'm not doing enough, I'm not good enough. So then what reaction or response did you create to that, that then might have taken you or diluted you from your true self? So I think that might be kind of what you're saying, Natasha. And of course, it would be others that have triggered that for you. They're, it's not their fault. It's not their problem. But the trigger lies maybe outside of you and causes you to move within. Nico says, good Lord. Bob Eden, hello to you. Good day, folks. Coffee, anyone for coffee? Got my coffee. But you'll notice I never really can drink it while I'm talking to you. And that's because I'm talking, right? I can't really do that. By the way, go Hawks. Just saying, Blue Friday. Pam says, felt pushed negatively yesterday. Generator told me I was putting too much weight on being a projector. Any thoughts on a balance of what is wanted from me and what I want to offer? <sighs> Isn't that a dilemma that we all feel, Pam? I don't know that it matters if you're a generator, manifesting generator, reflector, projector, or manifester. There is pressure that we feel to do what we do or to be the truth of who we are. And it gets messy because so many different people have so many different opinions about who we are, about what we should do, and we're taking it all in. And that's the problem maybe for you as a projector. You're taking all of this in. You have a lot of that of those centers open. So it's real easy for you to become conditioned by other people's opinions, uh, what other people do, and what have you. The trick for you is to find out, tease away what it is that is authentic for you versus what isn't, right? The truth for a projector is that you're here to lead, guide, and manage people in some way, shape, or form. And that happens when you are invited in to do that. And not literally an invitation like, oh, Pam, I invite you to come and help me with my problem. It rarely will happen that way. It's more like the universe provides an opening for you and you slip into the role of guide, leader, orchestrator, counselor, <laughs> and then your gifts are shown, right? Um, there is nothing that you must do until you're in a position of being invited. In the meantime, live your life, enjoy your life, have fun, play garden, <laughs> whatever it is that you want to be doing. Um, it's, it's not for you to be what other people want you to be. And this is true for all of us. It's for you to trust that the universe will bring you the opportunities to shine your light in your way. All right. I hope that makes sense. If I didn't answer your question, please let me know, Pam. 
Uh, Bob Eden, all opinions are worthless, even this one. They are like hearsay evidence in court and are not grounded in reality, hey? Uh, you are absolutely right. And, you know, in, interestingly, the gate of opinions is really one of the first gates in the uh, scientific method. So it is part of the logic sequence in human design, which means it's built upon patterns that we observe, but that are not proven to have a one-to-one -one correlation. Like right now, we all know from many, many millennia of the sun rising in the east and setting in the west, that this is a truth, it's an undeniable truth. If we woke up tomorrow and suddenly the sun was rising in the west and setting in the east, we would be <gasps> crazed, right? Something would be drastically wrong because we can prove it's not just opinion anymore, it is a fact that the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. Um, so whenever in science we have an opinion, an opinion like uh, this vaccine will help this, uh, or uh, this, you know, is a great way to preserve food or add to food, we set out to prove the science behind it. So science applies logic, which is the repetition of a pattern where we get the same result. Opinions are opinions until they can be proven. And that takes time. It takes repetition, and we all want to make sure we don't fall into the trap of opinion, right? We, we want to have opinions, certainly, we, but we got to realize when we are asserting an opinion, our truth versus a real truth. So slippery slope, that one. Uh, okay, TJ feeding five, 15 blue jays. Oh my goodness, I love that. Bob says, I'm here to find my own truth and how do I know what is my truth? Whatever resonates with my heart? Absolutely, Bob. Right? If your truth is, um, is that you're here to be a healer, but somebody else is trying to tell you, oh no, you need to be, you know, in a job that you make, you know, money from doing something, building better birdhouses, but that doesn't ring true for you, then that if you were to pursue that, you would be living someone else's truth, not your own. So it comes from inside. Good morning, Catherine. And Pam says, you kind of answered that follow up. How much weight, if any, should be put on the statement of not holding to your type? <sighs> See, this is where other people's opinions kind of get murky, right? So somebody said something to you or you read something somewhere that right now is bumping up against a truth that you're holding about yourself, right? This is what's causing the, the friction, if you will, within you, Pam. So you, at times, may feel like you are acting like the generator. Remember that different planets are always identifying different places or holding different spaces in your chart. And right now, maybe you have a long-term transit that is uh, somehow um, connecting your sacral up to another one of the centers, giving you access to generator-type energy. And so right now, your truth may be more generator-like. As long as you understand that it's not erasing the truth of who you are, you're in good shape right? Utilize that energy that the generator uh, is giving to you at this moment. 
it's a slippery slope when you start to listen to what other people are saying about your truth. But always ask yourself, what is my truth? Am I not holding to my type? Your type is not a lane with bars on each side where you cannot escape. That is so not true, right? Not only that, you also have a solar return type that is holding sway for the year that might be different than the type you were born into. But it's a good place to start to know who you are, your type, your strategy, your authority. You've got to know who you are first so that you can understand that you might be feeding into a different energy because it's available to you at this time. But then if it's available to you at this time, it may also go away. And it's interesting because you might be in a group where this hap is happening and it's a group that probably 70% of them are generators. <laughs> so you're picking up generator energy. It doesn't erase who you are, but it does modify how you might behave. So you always have to keep in mind, what is the truth for me and how do I need to behave in this situation, all right? But absolutely, if you have generator energy available to you, as long as you are using it with the qualifier that I do need rest, I can't keep going on and on and on like the Energizer Bunny, I still need to, you know, pay attention to what things I'm entering into. You're going to be good. All right. Tom says, go Blue Jays. <laughs> Baseball there, huh? Uh, okay. Uh, all of this insight is amazing. I just keep nodding my head. Yep. Yep. I love it when that happens. Natasha says, thank you. Yes. Mentioned um, parts of the puzzle I've been looking into. I do interact too much. And does that dilute what my life, you know? These are such great questions, you guys, because we're all living in a world that is not a vacuum, right? This is not just the Janet show. This is not just the Natasha show or the Nico show or the Tom show. We are all interacting with the show from everybody else, right? I live with the Terry show. I have a Jennifer Heather Wesley show that I get interacting with. So we, we, we can't live in the vacuum and we're always... Um, sharing energies with one another, which is why knowing yourself is so, so important, so that we are not giving away the farm, so to speak, and becoming someone else or what someone else wants us to be, that we, you know, somewhat stay true to ourselves. And yeah, we're going to stray, right? We're going to stray just because we're being impacted by the energies. Or maybe we want to explore, right? Right now, Neptune sitting at the gate 36 for everybody is causing us to want to explore, exploring options. We may feel a little restless, a little bored with things the way they've been. So a, a natural response from all of us is to reach out, to expand somewhat, to see what's on the other side of the fence. And um, that can be a good thing, right? If we are aware of what we're doing, if we are consciously acting on it versus just unconsciously throwing out our old lives because we're tired and bored of it and moving in a direction without consciousness. It's always the qualifier and the quantifier. Consciousness. How much consciousness are you bringing to the table? All right. 
Uh, and I love your questions. Keep them up if you have them. Uh, while I transition to the main uh, part of what I wanted to talk about today, which is October. So, you know, this week, Tam and I couldn't even get together. It was family issue on my end. She was ill, so we couldn't even come together to bring our uh, astro inklings for October. She couldn't be here today. She couldn't be here with me on Monday. So we we're like, okay, maybe we should just let you know, this be something that we come back to for November. But in the meantime, it leaves it to me to talk about October for you. And really October to me, um, we if we look at the beginning, the beginning of October lands with the moon in Taurus and without any major um, uh, aspects happening by uh, any of the planets. And the moon's only aspect that day is a conjunction to Jupiter. I think we enter into October with some really feel-good optimism and uh, some kind of the feeling of embracing the season and all of the, the beauty and the wonder and the magic that the autumn brings for us here in the Northern Hemisphere. And if you're in the Southern Hemisphere, all of the beauty and wonder and magic that the spring equinox or spring energy can bring to you. So the entry point to the month is very peaceful, I think. It's very calming. And then things begin to change from there. So if you could kind of bottle up <laughs> the peacefulness of Sunday and take that with you through all the rest of the experiences that will be sure to be fun and exciting through October, then you'll be in good shape. Remember, there's always the peace within. No matter what's going on on the outside, we can always return to the peacefulness of our inner dynamic. Now we jump right in uh, the next day, Monday, first work day of the uh, month of October with Mercury in an opposition to Neptune. Now there's this connection that's coming up to our higher selves, really, really kind of an urging for us to be in alignment with our higher self, with our um, our God self, if you will, or our divine self to align with unconditional love, to, to align with higher spiritual concepts. And then the next day, uh, Mercury moves into a trine with Pluto, transforming, transforming thought primarily, transforming uh, what we say primarily as a way to elevate ourselves, right? Whatever we put words to, we are in the process of manifesting. Think about that. So what are you saying out loud, right? Uh, it's important to really watch what you say and to uh make it easier for us, the trine energy can uh, really uh, amp up how well we can do in speaking about ourselves or speaking to others from that more loving perspective. But it can also be a place where we have, it has become so easy for us to demote ourselves with words that we continue to do that. So the opportunity is to change that, right, to elevate how it is that you think about yourself uh, and others too, but mostly self and how it is that you speak about yourself to others. On the fourth, Wednesday, Mercury moves into Libra. Of course, he's not far behind the sun. So that would that's a natural thing that we would have expected. And Mercury in Libra is kind of neutral. He isn't in uh in exaltation in any way. He is not the ruler of Libra, but he's also not in detriment in Libra. He doesn't 
uh, lose his magic in the sign of Libra. It's just kind of neutral. So it might be easier for us with Mercury and Libra to see more of a balancing impact of our thoughts and of our relationships and of our being in um, those relationships, right? How, how easy might it be for us to see where we've gotten out of balance in our relationships. And whether that is by choice or by circumstance, the need will be to balance, right, to bring it into harmony, harmonize it. The rest of the first week of October, there's literally nothing except the moon changing signs. When we get to uh, the second week in October, beginning the 8th, we have Venus now finally moving out of Leo and into Virgo but she doesn't like Virgo. She's in her fall in Virgo. So I want to remind you about what it means to have a planet in its fall, right? It can be in its fall. It can be in its detriment. It can be in its rulership, or it can be in its exaltation. Obviously, when a planet is in its own sign of rulership, it's empowered. It shows up exactly as we would expect it to show up. When a, a planet is in its detriment, and detriment means it is in the sign opposite of its rulership, it behaves unexpectedly. Things happen that we didn't see coming. Um, we can have shame associated with our behavior or how things are being handled uh, when a planet is in its detriment. And the need would be to balance, bringing more balance. When a planet is in its exaltation, it is operating easily, effortlessly, even magically. And uh, it's sort of emerging then of the energies of the planet and the energies of the sign. And it becomes very empowered. Now, fall, Venus moving into her fall. This is where Venus, love, beauty, harmony, uh, finances, uh, self-worth and value will struggle to find expression for us. But there's always the opportunity for real creative um, ways to express the energy. So it kind of forces us to think outside of the box when a planet is in its fall, because we have to learn to use wisdom in how that energy is going to be expressed. So finding ingenious um, unusual, different ways to harmonize in your relationships, maybe. Um, finding different solutions, things you hadn't thought about before to your financial woes, maybe. Or if you're struggling with your own self-worth or you're, or loving yourself, finding a different way to place value or understand your value as it relates to what you do in the world. So, it is she in Virgo is going to prompt us to find more creative expression, more healthy expression. Virgo rules, rules health of the body, but also finding healthy habits, healthy ways to express self-love, healthy habits in our finances, perhaps healthy habits in our relationships. Right. So Virgo energy. The danger, if you will, is that we become more nitpicky about those people that are in our lives, that we um, that the things that bother us a little most times may bother us more. <laughs> so we have to kind of rein in our need for perfection, 
during Venus's transit through uh, the sign of Virgo. Now, because she is out of retrograde, she is sp sped up a bit. She will be in Virgo for the rest of October. She's not moving at her fastest yet. But have you seen her in the morning sky? Oh my gosh, just before the sun rises. So while it's still dark, you can see in the eastern, northeastern sort of sky, this beautiful, bright planet that is Venus in her morning star phase. So she is more apt to look at things from the glass half full instead of the glass half empty. So I think even though she's moving into a sign that she's kind of debilitated in, uh, she is in an opportune phase for her to be able to see the more positive expression. Now, when we get to the 10th, Pluto is going to be moving direct, the first of the outer planets to go retrograde last, I think it was uh, April, and the first of the planets then to move, outer planets that is, to move into forward motion. So, for the last four and a half, five months, five months, really, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, almost six months, we have been entertaining the transformational energies in the inner planes, right? So remember, uh, Pluto is in the last few degrees of Capricorn. So the structures and forms in our lives, the um, boundaries that we've been living in, um, are in a process of change and transforming in a way to empower us, but empowering us from the inside out, right? Now, as Pluto is moving direct, those interchanges begin to be visible on the outer planes. Now, Pluto is not necessarily a personal planet. While you are all like part of this, what we will see is the dynamics of Pluto transformation and empowerment and impact on our institutions uh, in the collective or in the outer world. So Pluto here begins the process of making the change uh, over time. It's not going to happen right away to his movement into Aquarius. Remember in March, we had him move into Aquarius, albeit briefly. He sat at zero degrees of Aquarius, I think, until June. Even though he was retrograde, he wasn't moving backwards very fast yet. Uh, and in late January, early February, he makes that transition again into Aquarian energy. So there, Pluto is really representing the closing down of one way of being uh, for the collective and the opening up of what ought to be a more humanitarian transformation that we make on the planet. Um, I read an article this morning that was so, I, I read it briefly. I have not, you know, analyzed it all that much yet, but it had to do with the Supreme Court here in the United States taking up a case that could shake up tax law and make it easier for corporations and wealthy individuals to dodge taxes. So that is all springing from a lawsuit that somebody brought. The court here in the state of Washington struck it down the plaintiff took it to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court will be hearing this. And the reason why it impacted me as I was reading it, normally it wouldn't even draw my attention, but you might remember back in U.S. history, the Boston Tea Party, where taxes were being inappropriately placed on items that the regular classes used, 
and it was a big trigger to what became the Revolutionary War in the early days of the USA. And because the USA is, you know, finishing up a Pluto return, and because this is this has the impact of making the rich richer and corporations more capable of of um, avoiding paying taxes appropriately, you can imagine the impact on the regular class of people. So I was like, oh, is this the setup to the next big revolution here in the USA? A civil war, perhaps, or uh, hopefully not another revolutionary war. So fascinating to watch these things unfold. And the, the difference between what happened then and what happened now is that we have more consciousness now around these things. And there's more social media impact, right? This news spreads like wildfire. And people have more power than to impact and put their wishes, to make their wishes known. So it might be a good thing, bad thing, but it's certainly something to watch as Pluto set to go direct on October 10th. I have no idea when the court will take this up or when a ruling might be made on this. That will be interesting for us to watch. And the very next day after Pluto moves direct, Mars moves out of uh, the sign of Libra and into Scorpio. Now, he is not a very comfortable man in the sign of Libra. Uh, in fact, you know, he, his motions are kind of metered in a way. Uh, Scorpio is a sign he rules. So we become empowered. Mars is our connection to action and courage and uh, movement forward. And in Scorpio, the, the sign that is really about getting to the heart of something or getting to the depth of something, um, you can imagine that Mars will be sort of the catalyzing energy to some of the things that are in uh, the unconscious that need to have some action drawn to them. So I'm watching that as well. And then just three days later, we have the first eclipse of the season. It is a solar eclipse. Uh, a solar eclipse always occurs at the new moon. And this is one that has a lot of energy behind it uh, because it is the, the sun in this case in Libra makes this a south node um, eclipse because the south node is also in Libra. We don't have eclipses until the sun and or the moon come very close to one of the nodes. In this case, this node uh, nodal uh, connection is with the south node, which tells us what we need to let go of. What's not working? What, how do we have to use our knowledge, our skills, our resources in a new way, right? We can't just keep using them in the same old, same old way. Um, so with the South Node, it can be a backlash, right? The, the new energy pushing us to let go of what's not working, to let go go more of traditional ways of behaving in favor of the north node, the new moon, then kind of showing us where the past is holding us back and where we have to move consciously in a new direction. Now that will happen for each of us, right? And as individuals, this is a new moon eclipse 
in the sign of Libra. So now wherever Libra is in your chart, that is where this eclipse is happening. We think of eclipses as game changers because they cause openings in our lives, um, windows and doors that open that almost propel us in a new direction. And often it's because at the full moon, previous to the new moon, something closes, right? So all of you look in your lives at this full moon today, uh, what is ending, what is passing out of your uh, frame of reference, uh, what are you letting go of, because that is the setup to that lunar or uh, solar eclipse on October 14th, right? So I already know in my own mind what this means for me and how that's showing up, how, how that's going to look. But you each are the experts in your own lives, looking at your lives today in, in the face of the full moon. What is it that's changing? What are you, what big spotlight has been turned on for you where you see yourself more clearly? Maybe you even see your inner motivations or your inner self more clearly because that is the prelude to that new moon, that eclipse, right? And eclipses are, you know, they get a bad rap sort of, um, but I don't anticipate it being a bad thing. Of course, if we anticipate that, then that's often what we create. So instead, kind of go, oh, I wonder what new balance I can create in my life. I wonder how this will impact my uh, love of the work I do. You guys think of it for yourselves. Look for where Libra is. The house that it's in is the house where you're going to have the impact and actually across the whole axis of Aries and Libra. <sighs> All right, then things quiet down again after the eclipse. For the week uh, following the eclipse from the 15th until the 21st, we have some things happening. The fact Mercury will come into a conjunction with the sun on the 19th of October tells us we're going to get some new messages maybe that are coming in, some new ideas uh, that the sun and Mercury are conspiring together in our lives to bring us. And then the next day, Mercury squares Pluto. How do I need, what do I need to transform? How do I transform in order to align myself with this new energy that has been seeded by the sun and Mercury? And then on the 21st, Mercury moves into the sign of Scorpio. So that's two moves for Scorpio or for Mercury in the month of October. His first move on the 4th into Libra, the second move uh, into Scorpio on the 21st. Now, Mercury in Scorpio is also neutral. So there's no big things to watch out for. If anything in Scorpio, Mercury kind of allows our minds to get more focused, right? To penetrate more deeply into our truth. Uh, to be, you know, apt to investigate things more deeply. We have a very deep, focused, penetrating mind when we have Mercury moving through Scorpio. And then on the 23rd, of course, is the sun's move into the sign of Scorpio, leaving Libra for the year and changing up that energy as well. What's our focus going to be? Well, more on Scorpionic themes. We leave behind the need for balance and harmony and peace, and we get a little more difficult things going on in our lives. How do we, you know, really zero in and focus hard on what it is that is 
um, necessary for us to do or to be. It gives us a dose of passion energy and very emotional energy, very intuitive psychic energy. It becomes a profound time Every year, by the way, this happens just at that Halloween window where we say that the veils are thin between the living and the dead. And what better way to look at that than the sun in Scorpio tapping into the unseen realm in a more powerful way, whether that is our ability to tap into our own psychic information, our intuition, or our ability to speak more clearly with those that we've loved and lost. It's a very powerful time of the year. Watch your dreams. Watch what intuitive hits you're getting. Be more mindful, but more aware of what your intuition is saying, not just staking on the mind, but staking your intuition, your gut, right, in, in the deeper part of the body. And then the full moon lunar eclipse occurs on the 28th of October, and that is a very big one, right? The full moon, remember, is a time. Right now, we're in this light, being able to see more clearly on the inside, being able to maybe have the, a revelatory moment where we're like, ah, oh, that's it, right? Um, the full moon will be like that as well, but it is also a time of powerful completions and endings. It be is a gateway sometime, uh, sometimes for us to release, to let go, right? Um, and that particular full moon uh, is with the, well, the moon will be in, um, the moon will be in Taurus at that time and the sun, of course, in Scorpio. So there's, uh, it's, it's a, a reminder, if you will, a call back to what the nodes taught us when they were in Scorpio and Taurus. Um Remember about what is most important, what it is that we value, uh, being more transparent in what our truths are. And that full moon eclipse is going to be the closing shot, if you will, of that Taurus-Scorpio north and south node transit. And then, of course, uh, it, the Mars opposes Jupiter at this point in time. We might have some really interesting news in the outer world. Uh, we also have Mercury opposing Jupiter at that time. I'm, I have this mixed feeling about whether we are hearing some really good news or are we hearing some not so good news, but with the opportunities that uh, that news might bring. Don't know for sure. We'll see what happens as we get closer. Now, when we look at the month, for, from a human design perspective, what we see is the energy of the spleen. And we talked about this in Monday's broadcast, I believe it was, uh, about all of the different gates on the spleen and how those gates really tap us into survival energy or thriving and flourishing energy. But on the shadow side, it can trigger all of the false evidence appearing real kinds of fears that we have. Uh, we're not good enough. We don't know enough. Uh, we're going to fail in our responsibilities to our family or our friends or our tribe. We're going to fail in general. Uh, I'm afraid I'm going to succeed. That's a possibility. And all of those various fears will be brought up week by week in the month of October, beginning 
uh, on, uh, well, we're already in it really. From the last week of September, we've been already feeling this, the pinch of the sun at gate 18, which is the need for perfection, right? The place where we get into judgment uh, of ourselves or others. Um, then we'll begin to move into the other gates, the gate 48, the gate of uh, inadequacy. I don't know enough. I better learn some more. I better study some more before I do what I want to do, right? I don't know enough, so I need another certification. I need to go to college or go back to college and take some more courses uh, before I take action on what I've already learned or what I already love or what I'm already an expert in. So that will be difficult because the earth will also be in the gate of control uh, that first week in October, the first full week of October, uh, at least from the human design perspective is October 4th through 8th, 3rd through 8th, excuse me. And then we move into the sun at the gate 57, the fear of the future. But what helps us with that fear is intuition, clarity coming from our intuition. But the earth is in the gate 51 at that point in time, the gate of shock. So there are sometimes these things that act as shockers, or maybe we're doing the shocking with to help others move on. Um, or it's a possibility we are awakening to something uh, and that can create our fear of the future. Like, I don't know what this means for me. Does this mean I'm done? Uh, all these different things can come up. And Jupiter also changes gates that same week. She, he moves from uh, the gate two, allowing that he has been at for the last uh, 45 days or so into the gate 24, which is the gate of rationalization, sitting on the Ajna, moving up toward uh, the um, gate 61, magic and awe, and um, creating a pathway to blessings, right? It's a very interesting, lovely energy for Jupiter to be at. He is the uh, energy of growth and expanding, and what he's expanding is forgiveness. He's expanding uh, blessings, and that occurs on October 13th, my favorite twins' birthdays. Uh, and of course, uh, Asa has also got her birthday during that same week. And um, the, the next week takes us into the energy of failure, and the next week takes us into the fear that we're going to fail in our, our responsibilities to our families. And finally, the last week of October, we are dealing with the meaninglessness fear, right? What is this all for, right? What, you know, if I'm going to come to this planet only to die, what the heck is the meaning, right? Uh, or if everyone I love is dying, or, you know, not getting what they want out of life, and I'm not getting what I want out of my life, what's it all for, right? The fear of everything has no meaning. So that is a quick and dirty of October. And of course, on Mondays and Fridays, we will take up all of those as details uh, as the month goes on. So I'm thinking for a card this morning uh, that, oh, let's see who's calling to me. I think we need some wisdom. Oh, and I'm also seeing goddess. So let's get a wisdom of the oracle. This is a deck by Colette Baron Reed. Let me see if you can see that. Wisdom of the oracle. And this is one of my oldest, most trusted decks of hers. And let's see. Uh, okay. Young. Ooh, card number one. It's a number one kind of card. So young, 
energy is the energy that reaches out, right? Just like the hands here, reaching out energy. It's masculine energy. It's the energy of doing and being. All right. So here's the essential meaning, the masculine principle of movement and creative activity, the power to make things happen and taking action. Yang represents the powers of action, the energies that propel the world forward and manifesting thought and desire into concrete form. Now is the perfect time to act, for you can easily build momentum and make headway. What you want will come to fruition if you proceed confidently. This card signifies new life and is a sure sign that obstacles have been overcome. There is no reason to hesitate. You are the shaper of your destiny now. And I'm going to read the prosperity message because um, of Venus's rulership over Libra and energy. Projects, partnerships, and all matters relating to your business are out of the obstacle phase and onto the make it happen phase. And onto, or now is the time to stake your claim and get things done. While you can expect to be busier than usual, this card tells you that you have all the energy and vitality you need to accomplish your goals. Abundance is waiting for you to claim it. Take action. Take action. Yang is that energy. So interesting that I'm going to balance that now with the feminine energy of the goddesses. Right? So we had the masculine energy, the Yang energy. Let's see which goddess is going to help us along this as well. Um, any other questions that I missed? I think... I think I got them all. All right. Ooh, Saridwin. And I'm sure I'm botching that name. Saridwin is the goddess of potential. Card number nine, which is an invitation to listen to your intuition. She is beautiful, isn't she? All right, let's see what she means. Card number nine. Okay. And she was right side up, which means there's an empowerment message for us here. Uh, and her message is, you are a child of infinite potential. And the Celtic goddess Saradwyn is here to remind you of the power that resides in the womb of your heart and the chalice of your mind. Everything you need is coming together right now as if your life's reflection were shining brightly in a golden liquid in Saradwyn's magical transformational cauldron. Imagine greatness, and there will be greatness. Envision peace, and there will be peace. Choose love, choose gratitude, and choose faith in the divine magic that flows through you. These are the only ingredients needed for the goddess Saradwin to work her transformation magic on your behalf. Regardless of the limitations imposed on your world by fate, culture, and conditioning, your true destiny is coalescing on your behalf. You can be anything you imagine. Remember this dream and trust that everything you need exists to make that dream a reality. This is the promise of the goddess Saradwin. And Yang. So do and trust that it will happen in the way that is best for you. Right? Trust in the potential for joyful expression. Oh. All right, everyone, that is it for me today. I will see you all on Monday morning and we'll take a look at the, the week ahead for um, the first week in October. All right, bye. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? 
Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for astrology, human design and Gene Keys wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11am Pacific 2pm Eastern podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play and your other favorite outlets. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.